another podcast. Hey, hey. welcome back to <laughs> See You in the Movies, episode two. Oh, when we finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> oh my god, I, I literally knew that. I just watched no, Frozen no, 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 Two no. the other day. I'm sorry. No, I'm like proud of you. I actually wanted you to say sandwiches. <laughs> yes. Like anyway. I'm here with the lovely Riley. Hi. So, Riley, tell us a little bit about you. Um, actually, on my outline, you know, it says to <clears throat> write some fun facts, quirks, and quirks, least interesting facts. And I just wrote in general that I am uninteresting. I can't, I could not think of a goddamn thing to say about myself. Um, so, this week we watched... Almost Famous. Okay, yeah, that's getting gross. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> Woo. Woo. So, um... This isn't your favorite movie, but it's one of them. Yes, I don't have a favorite movie. I can't. I literally cannot choose. So I have a top ten that are all ranked equally, and it is on that list. <laughs> so when was, like, the first time you watched it? What did you think? Like, tell me the history behind it. For, like, my history? Yeah, with it? your okay. personal, like. Not to freak you guys out, but this was the first R-rated film I ever saw, <gasps> and I was only, like, 13 or 14 oh, years also, old. Also, Jessica so. is in the background. Ooh, we did ooh. not <laughs> We did not have an extra mic. The annex is only so... Jessica is just making yeah. sure we're not being annoying, mostly. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm so sorry to cut you off your No, saying. no, it's okay. Um, It's one of my dad's favorite movies. He's a really big film buff and stuff. Uh, and we have movie posters, like, all over our... Great movie poster, Almost Famous. One yeah, of the best movie, movie posters. Almost Famous is a great movie poster. We don't have Almost Famous, I don't think. But we do have, like, Indiana Jones and the Raider of the Lost Ark. Classic. Like, massive. We have, a, like, a whole load of star wars films we have shawshank which i'm afraid to talk about on this podcast because marla hates Shawshank. no oh my god um, no 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 <laughs> riley do not say that <laughs> when, i gotta be honest when you were saying uh hey anyone listening to this don't crucify me for liking forrest gump better than <laughs> shawshank. shawshank you were talking to me <laughs> you were talking to me no i'm talking i was to sitting there people. like <laughs> you're like i can never talk to marla again <laughs> No, wow. I like no, Shawshank. I considered talking about Shawshank <laughs> in my episode, and then I listened to y'all's oh episode, and I was like, I can't talk about Shawshank anymore. No, no, no. We can do a round two, another episode about Shawshank. Okay, I'd yeah, be yeah. It's I just yeah. It, uh, but the thing is, I respect because you described it as like your preference comes from personal connection with the movie, so that totally makes sense. Yeah, I yeah. personally connected more. With Shawshank, with Shawshank, but you're normal. Like, 99% of people do. Just sniffled right into <laughs> the microphone. I'm so gross. No, it's okay. ASMR, you know, mm. for the kids. You're welcome. Um, So, one of your dad's favorite movies. Yes, we'll, we'll quote it at each other and know exactly what the Aww. other one is talking about. Like, when I'm in trouble, but I'm not really in trouble, he'll tell me to feck off. <laughs> or, like... Oh, my God, I want to talk about that for 20 minutes. Like, like oh, no. Lie. We're talking okay. about that scene for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and, like... I, I have, like, so many memories of him. Like, we're on a family vacation, and, like, it's a, like, a nice moment is happening, and he'll turn around to me and go, it's all happening. <gasps> like, oh, my God. I love you, Dad. <laughs> Shout out Riley's dad. Shout out my dad. Aww. I love you. <laughs> um, A, that was adorable. Thank you. And B, I'm gonna, I guess I'll just, like, start talking about the boring stuff that I find really interesting and no one else does. No, I find it incredibly interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited to do this podcast. You have the IMDb you. app downloaded on your phone, right? No. What? Because I am IMDb. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just saying. How do you not? Did you I'm, see? Oh my gosh, I was just relooking at my <laughs> but I'm ch- list. Oops. Okay, wait. Sorry, I got distracted. That was no. You're good. Okay. I'll just start talking. So, um, director, almost famous, Mr. Cameron. Cameron Crowe, who I feel like I'd heard that name before, but I didn't really know who he was. And then, obviously, I Googled him. Mm-hmm. 
Say Anything. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite movies ever. Great movie. Gr- Grenine movie. Grenine movie. Um, Jerry Maguire and Vanilla Sky. Mm-hmm. So the fame of Tom Cruise. Yeah, he started Tom Cruise's career. I know. And I, he also wrote another movie. Oh, my God. I can't remember. Elizabeth Town? No, he wrote. Is that the one where he created the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, which I want to talk about later? <gasps> oh, 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 my gosh. <laughs> You're right. Wait, I'm sorry. I have to Google. Actually, fact check. kind of fact created check. it in almost famous. Can I get a, <laughs> I get a fact check? <laughs> no, he wrote. Uh, this movie, Almost Famous. <laughs> he did. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, he wrote the script. Yeah, he did. Oh, my God. He An did. icon. Like, what the heck? He has contributed quite a quite a bit to... I know. But after Vanilla He's... Sky, he kind of died off. Like, what happened to Cameron Crowe? Yeah, that's true. What's happening? Anyway, so Cameron Crowe, writer-director... Um, the actors, yeah, stacked so cast and Almost Famous, sorry. You know what I was just looking at? Yeah. He didn't completely drop off the face of the earth because after the <laughs> nose guy because he did come back and write, we bought a zoo. Oh. <laughs> ah. That Matt Damon so. classic. <laughs> you're right, you're right. I misspoke. Sorry, Cameron Crowe. Yeah. Sorry. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I'll get it together. Um, <laughs> actors, uh, Kate Hudson as Miss Penny Lane, <clears throat> classic. Mm-hmm. Um... Billy Curdup? Curdup, yeah. Curdup. Uh, the hottest person to ever live on I, the planet. Again, me and Riley are like kindred spirits. Just, we have the same taste in men. We need to feed them soup. You know what I mean? Low-key serial killer look. Sometimes <laughs> I will just pause the movie to look at him. I'm not kidding. He I'm looks not good in this movie. Have you seen Big Fish? I have seen Big Fish. He's this guy from Big Fish. In Big Fish. I know, yeah. I know. He's just okay. um, for for those listening. Jessica, that is not what he looks like in this movie. <laughs> Jessica pulled up a big picture of it. She's making him look bad on purpose. <laughs> okay, wait. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah, I have a lot to say about Cameron Crowe. Actually, I'm oh, I'm sorry. I moved past. It I quickly. just no. It's okay. I just <clears throat> so for me the coolest part of this film, honestly, is the fact that it's kind of. An autobiography for Cameron Crowe. He spent his like late teens, early twenties traveling with bands on behalf of Rolling Stone. So the tour itself that William goes on with the band, like the band Stillwater, is based on the Allman Brothers band. So fucking really, cool. so cool. That was my second cuss word. That's it. I'm done. Now you're good. Don't so worry. cool. Um, the plane crash scene is based on an actual experience he had with the Who. Casual. And <laughs> so casual. So casual. And uh, the lead guitarist Russell is. Based on Glenn Frey of the Eagles, so oh. who he all he all, he knew all this, like all these people personally. Like, I just can't even imagine having I'm that kind of experience. That digest. So it's not too only much. I know not only did he actually live that life, then he made a really really cool movie about his own life. I know. I just wow, Ugh, good for him. Incredible. I just I mean like and I don't I don't love any of Cameron Crowe's other stuff except for like say anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean Jerry Maguire Jerry to be Maguire fair I haven't seen good. I have seen it. I it's need to watch good. it. It's on my to do and my watch list. But this is also, you know, I, a lot of people would argue that Jerry Maguire is better than this movie. This is another case of I just personally connect to this movie so much. Yeah. Like it's a love story to music and I love music. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's love, special. Love, love. And also I've never been a big fan of Tom Cruise. He is <gasps> his big tooth oh, is in the big. middle of his face. He's not split. Down I will the talk about Tom Cruise in another episode cuz I am fascinated <clears throat> by him because he is crazy. He's psycho. But not to I'm going to Stop before the Church of Scientology tracks me down. Yeah, I think we might get murdered. Do they murder people or do they just make no. you become a Scientologist? Let's 
move on because I'm actually very scared of them. It's a oh, tangible okay. fear. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Tom Sorry, Cruise. Tom Cruise and all other Scientologists. Love Mission Impossible. Anyway. So. Um, Kate Hudson, Billy Curta, Francis McDormand. My the highlight of this movie. Lo- like, literally my idol in life. The, hi- the highlight, of, the highlight this of this movie. Jason Lee. Didn't like him in this movie. What? I love Jason Lee I thought in it was movie. so... D- anyway, we'll get into that. I didn't like... I didn't like his character. No. But I'll, I liked his performance. We'll talk about it. We'll talk okay. about it. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I can't talk about him for too long without R.I.P. But I love him so much. And his he's another <laughs> highlight of this movie for me. Him, Zoe Deschanel, and Francis McDormand are like the scene stealers in this movie for me. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Um, also, Anna and, Paquin. Yeah, she's great. And Michael Anganar... Angarano. Angarano. He's the kid who played young William in the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie. Guy from Sky High. And he is the guy from Sky High. And he does a great job, like, for a I know. child. He was also in Stanford Prison Experiment. Did you ever watch that? I never saw that one. It's really good, yeah. And he was in it, too, with, like, uh, Ezra Miller and, like, all these other people. It was crazy. I did he's a good, Ezra underrated actor. It, but, yeah, no, he's un- he's super underrated. Yeah. And he's, oh, he was in something more recently, like, past Sky High, but before today. We oh, got a fact we'll check. Jess, we got a fact do check. It. Jess is gonna <laughs> fact check for me. I don't know. There was something else I was thinking of, but okay. I have little factoids written down about all of these people that I just want to talk about. I want to have a topic of debate though, really fast. Oh, okay. Kate Hudson. Did she ever make another good movie? Not on the same caliber as this movie, and that's something I wrote about in her yeah. section. Yeah, I noticed. I mean, that, like, like yeah, how to how to lose a guy in ten days was arguably good because it was a box office hit and like people like it. Like, yeah, but it's not. The, it's not even in the same league as, no, like, a movie this like this. No, it's only good movie. It's really sad. Actually, I did write about how, like, I don't know how it happened, but after this movie, she sort of got stuck in garbage rom-com land. Yeah. And that really sucks for her. But she's so good in this she's movie. So, she has so much so potential. What happened to movie? Kate Hudson? I don't know. <clears throat> I was listening to a different podcast that talks about this movie. Yeah. Um, and they mentioned her descent into rom-com land as well. And nobody can, like, really pinpoint it. It's just that after she did this movie, she was, like, a shoe-in for the Oscar because she had won, like, three of, like, the pre... Golden Globe, SAG Award. Also, I fun fact... she won the SAG, but I... Golden Globe nominations came out today. I saw that. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I looked at all of them before I came and realized how much I haven't watched and I need to catch up. I know. I'm going to the movies tonight. Not going to lie, so... Um, but she, <laughs> she was, like... Everyone thought she was going to win, from, like, the Oscar, and then she didn't. No, I want to talk about that. I have the word history written down. And um, that made a lot of people, like, mad and shocked. Um, I thought Frances McDormand was better than her in this movie. They were both, she no- probably... they were both okay, nominated. This was a but... whack Oscars. I was, like, looking uh, at it. It was a whack. <laughs> are you fucking <laughs> uh, you, you know, we all remember me? the great movie Chocola. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Chocola. Uh, disgusting. I wrote about it, too. What did I write? Okay, so it was it was whack, but it was also, like, okay... There are ways that I can acknowledge, like, I know why this movie wasn't nominated for Best Picture, because that year we had Gladiator, we had Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, we had Aaron Brockovich. Like, mm, I'll say this. I think that was a terrible Oscars Best Picture group, because, listen, what else came out that year? Memento. American Psycho. Oh, I didn't consider that part. Requiem for a Dream. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? I haven't, I haven't seen that one. Castaway. You've never seen... Oh, my God. You... Sorry. I'm giving you... No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. I'm sorry. And Unbreakable. And the first X-Men movie, but that's not really an Oscar movie. But, uh, like, uh, 
I'm sorry. That's actually all of these other movies are very frustrating. Probably I mean, better I, than Gladiator and I don't know why I didn't think about looking at what other movies came out that year. I just saw Gladiator one and I was like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like I know 2000 was two. The I year I haven't seen Gladiator and I don't want to. It's 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 good. It's like <laughs> it's like you know how people watch Titanic once in their life and, and they never need to again. Yeah, yeah, Gladiator. Okay, it's good. Great performances. You never need to watch it again. Yeah, that that makes sense. But these other movies, Memento. That's so crazy because they weren't even nominated. Shuckalaw <laughs> was nominated for Best um, and Traffic. I know, terrible. I, that I movie know. wasn't even good on any level. I know. I just don't so get bad. it. But I know. I I also don't. I mean, I wish that Frances McDormand. She got nominated. Had one, yeah, because I thought she was so good. Well, but, okay, so this is where I write about Kate Hudson and her snub or whatever. So ready. she won the Golden Globe, mm-hmm. and I think she she didn't win the SAG, but she won something else because someone else won the SAG. But and then out of nowhere, Marsha Gay Harden, who has not <laughs> even been nominated for any. Great. Of- we all remember the movie Pollock. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I just am so angry about it. I haven't seen Pollock. Maybe it's good, but I don't I think it is. I highly doubt it. There, I, I don't, said it. I don't no, know. It Who's was, Pollock? No. Isn't Ed Harris Pollock or something? I don't care. I frankly don't care. Jackson Pollock was kind of a cool guy. I don't know. Yeah, but... It is. It was Ed Harris. Again, Almost Famous versus Pollock. I personally think that Almost Famous is a better movie. No. Which I don't really get to because, like, the 1999 Oscars... Like, 1999 is, like, famously one of the best years of movies, like, ever. Like, the Oscars for that year was stacked. And then, like, a year later, they just, like... I'm going to use my one curse word. Fuck it all up? Yeah. Like, what's... What What did they do? I don't get, I don't it. get it. Did they change, like, the system? I That's don't know. That's crazy. And it's not that they didn't have good movies. It's they had they some did. of the best movies. I of... love Memento so much. I know. Christopher Nolan is my favorite director, I think. Mm-hmm. I gotta say. I just love... How it took it took me like three movies of his of his too to realize that I think I'm watching a movie about one thing, but the whole time I am watching a movie about a totally different thing. Amen. And I kinda like that. And I mean it's Great kind director. of a constant theme in his movies, but I mean the cinematography is always beautiful. Oh my god, I Dude know. Dude is crazy. And crazy. he cast Harry Styles on a whim. Uh respect that about him. Uh Amen. Actually not the biggest Christopher Nolan fan. I have I have a hot take in like every episode. No, I just, like, go very yeah, like to hear your, your hot um, take on Christopher Nolan. Basically to me, Christopher Nolan has this problem where you watch his movies and you're so distracted by like the visuals that you kind of don't realize the stories are terrible. <laughs> like in Inception, Joseph Gordon Levitt's character's only purpose and function is exposition. Everything he says is explaining the plot straight to you. And it's so distracting for me because I'm like, visuals can be great, but to me, a lot of times it's more important that the story is like cohesive. Mm -hmm. So I really pay attention to the writing when I watch a movie. And like to me, Christopher Nolan is like, it's so hard. Like Interstellar, great movie. We don't need Anne Hathaway crying. We don't. I'm sorry. It's not say. good. Interstellar is one of my less, le- my less favorites of his. Well, that's the thing. is, like, I know he's a great director. Just personally, I'm like, I don't think people really, like, break down Christopher. And, like, Dunkirk, same thing. Like, I heard is, I actually haven't seen Dunkirk, but I know it's, like, three acts, mm-hmm. and they're not cohesive at all. They're just, like, very, like, you get swept up in, like, the visuals of the plane and the sea and, like, all these things. I don't think that having a broken-up plot that requires people to think deeper 
is is synonymous with distracting people with visuals always. I do just want to say that. I think that's oh, just yeah. how he chooses to, like, be a storyteller. Yeah. And I love that style. I think it's just personal preference. Yeah, it's just and personal I, preference. I mean, I would, I, I'll acknowledge that if I really thought he was a terrible director, which I, I promise. No, I, I don't think not... he's terrible. I acknowledge he's a good director. Well, not my, like I said, not my preference. I think he's a little overrated, but that's just my take. That was Maria's controversial take. I'll go live in a trash can now. No, 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 no. It's okay. I'm trying to accept it. I'm just like looking at. <laughs> I'm looking at my like top ten movies now. Three of them are directed by Christopher Nolan. So Ooh. we'll talk about that at Awkward. the end of the episode. Let's like get back to Almost Famous. You are right. Okay, so Kay Hudson like got her career started by this movie and then threw it all in the trash can and started doing rom coms only. So that sucks. Um, Frances McDormand. She's just is just so good. Just, Every year. Every movie, just she's uh, she's the opposite of Kate Hudson, where she just get go like, she just keeps getting so better. much better. You know what? Actually, she doesn't keep getting better because I do think that her peak performance was Fargo. Like that oh, was one of the best yeah. characters in any movie of all time. Ever. Amen. Obviously, Fargo. But so talented. Like, but I really still think Three Billboards was like one of those Three movies Billboards. that I watched and that's, I was like, that's the other one I made note of. Actor. She, she did. God, amazing. God, she's so great. She's anyway. so good. Anyway. Okay. Next, I have Jason Lee written down. I love him. I don't know why. I think I think I, I think I just kind of think he's hot, which is weird because he's really not that hot. But I have <laughs> he looks weird... like a cartoon character. He kind of does. I can't unsee Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh my god, he was the guy from Alvin and the Chipmunks. I can't unsee I it. I never saw those movies. Well, you're better off. <laughs> They're not very good. <laughs> the intro of the movie is that's the why. Chipmunk. That's really funny because the first song that plays is yeah, Christmas time is here or whatever by the Alvin and the Chipmunks. That's a little weird now. Did we just uncover something? I think conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory. Anyway, Jason, Jason Lee was destined to be the guy from Alvin and the Chipmunks since the year 2000. Is that it be your own self sometimes. It Good really Lord. do. Okay, well we can move on from him. I just like him. No, I yeah, 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 yeah. But I hated his character in this movie. <laughs> kind of douchey. Is that a, is that a cuss yeah. word? I no, think you're the good. only way to describe that guy. No, you're a hundred percent correct. Like okay. the only way to describe describe Jeff BB or whatever. Do you have anything else you want to unpack with actors? Because I kind of want to move on to like what I didn't like about this we movie. We can move on. We can move on. Okay. So I overall I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. I've been meaning to watch Almost Famous for five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been on like my to do list, and for whatever reason, I just like. It was like, oh, I'll watch it, like, next week. I'll watch it tomorrow. I'll watch it some other time. Mm-hmm. So thank you for making me watch it. It was so good. I really loved it. Um, but I'm going to start off with the negative points so we can end on a positive. Absolutely. Woo. So one of the things I really didn't like, <laughs> I'll start off with something funny. Jimmy Fallon. So, so bad. So I, can, when is everyone going to acknowledge that Jimmy Fallon is not that good in general? I think he's... He's... He, you gotta know funny. what you're good at. He's good at SNL. He's he's average at SNL. There uh, are, he did a good update. He was good on update. I disagree. I think he's <laughs> fine on update. I just think there are tens. And that's the next number because, you know, there's yeah, not yeah, yeah. that many hosts. But there are tens <laughs> of better hosts than him. I'm not saying it's today's hosts. We all know that SNL is not as good as it used to be. It's true. But... I think a lot of people did a better job than him. And Fun I, fact, I'm, I'm so sorry to cut you no, off, but right. Emma Stone actually got engaged yesterday to <gasps> the head writer of SNL. Wow. 
good for her. I know. That's a funny couple, I'm sure. <laughs> I know. Anyway, the quips. The quips. Imagine the quips <laughs> in that bedroom. I know, you're saying Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> not um, that talented. I agree with you. Just not as an actor. Uh, he, and he's, he does great on his own show. I mean... Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Hot <laughs> take. I like Kimmel better. But, um... Actually, I don't really like Kimmel either, but I really yeah, this like late Conan. Night comedy. Yeah, oh my god, God bless Conan. He's the only thing keeping this late night if comedy alive. If anyone was wondering what my dad looks like, it's kind of like Conan O'Brien. <laughs> great visual. Great I visual. I am not Ginger though. I also want everyone to know that. <laughs> and she's my fellow Bang sister. I don't I have bangs do anymore, have bangs. but I did. And you we did. Were and related. I really liked yours, and I'm kind of sad you grew them out. But it's okay. Um, there was something else I was gonna say. Oh, I don't like it. When they break character on SNL. I think it's funny and endearing, yes. But I, I don't think it's like, wow, they were the best because they broke character the most. And who no, did that I the liked most? It. Jimmy That's Fowler. true. That's actually a very good point. Anyway, you're right. His character in this movie is <laughs> so, so random. Bad. And bad. And so like, bad. Like, tries to be slick, but doesn't really seem to know what he's doing. Like, and when, I think that is not a choice of character. I think no. that is kind of just how Jimmy Fallon felt. When he was on the plane and he was like, I quit. I was like, that's literally the least relevant thing happening out of all of the things that they're yelling on this plane. Like, please, Jimmy Fallon. It's not about you right now. <laughs> not about you right now. <laughs> yeah. Hated Jimmy Fallon. I literally laughed out loud when he came into the screen. Okay, I'll do my little baby thing now. Go for it. I just wish there was more Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, my God. I, I totally wish, I agree. I wish I didn't have to call him a ste- like a scene stealer because he was kind of a minor character. He should have gotten nominated, to be he honest. He totally should have gotten nominated. He is so great. Lester Bangs is such an iconic character in general. So good. And I wish there had been more of him. Like, I don't want him to... I don't know. I didn't want him to, like, be overused, but I think that his relationship with William could have been played on a lot more and, like, explored a lot more. And I... God, I just love him. Okay. I know. I bet there's a, probably a lot they cut out, though. I'm sure he was in it a lot more, and then when yeah, they were probably. editing. Well, did you watch, just out of curiosity, did you watch the, <laughs> the regular, like, Almost Famous, or did you watch the bootleg cut, which is literally 45 minutes longer? Uh, oh. I know. Mm, I watched whatever was on Amazon Prime. I, that's, that's the regular cut. Fuck. It's fine. I watched that one, and then I found, like, an online illegal one, because I didn't realize it was on Amazon Prime until yeah. after I'd already watched this illegal cut. And the <laughs> illegal one was the was the bootleg, which I find that title really funny, because it's a mass-produced DVD copy. It's not, <laughs> director's a boot, cut, it's not actually yeah. a bootleg. It's just the director's cut. Yeah. But it's called, like, Untitled Bootleg. I don't know. Okay, Cameron Crowe. But... <laughs> Calm down, sir. But, um... There is more Lester Banks content in that one, but it's still, like, a lot of it is just kind of, like, more, like, Russell and Penny content, which I kind of hate, and I, the whole relationship makes Ugh. me uncomfortable. Ugh. Oh, my God, it's so worse. But, okay. Um, also, anyway. You know what's funny? You said that, though. It's extended. I actually thought this movie was a little too bloated. It was it's like, very long. It's very, it's actually not as long. It's only two hours. But when I watched it, but it feels long. It feels like five hours. Like it felt like I genuinely thought it was like a two hour and forty five minute movie. That's something it's only that two hours contributes to a note that I made. I feel like this movie tries really hard to be what it is. You know? Yeah, like it is trying really hard, and yeah. I I love it. I do. I love this movie, but like especially rewatching it like this time with like new viewers because I made all my roommates watch it and they all liked it. <laughs> Shout they, out they Kevin Patch. Um. But rewatching it this time, like, there were some lines that just, like, kind of made me cringe because it was trying so hard to make the, the rock stars seem like assholes because, like, that's the point is, like, your your idols are and everything that they seem to be. Like, yeah. But then in making them such 
douches, as I mentioned earlier. <laughs> like, I don't know. Something was just a little bit unnatural about the whole story. Yeah. And sitting through it this time made it feel very long yeah. because of so much of the writing that I didn't actually like that much. I know. Like, you so. could have cut out the entire, like, T-shirts. The T-shirts. You didn't I need mean, that in the movie. You, you could already tell at that point how much yeah. tension there was about exactly. Russell's position in the band. I know. He didn't need <laughs> garbage. Like, literally such ugly T-shirts. I know. To I be know. focused on for, like, 20 minutes. And no. then, like... I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. But I did when I when I made this comment about how some of it tries too hard to be what it is. The first sentence I wrote, though, is that the most honest and like heartfelt, earnest part of the film is like the first 30 minutes where you see William growing up and he is so cute. And then you see his like meet his first meeting with Lester because he waits for him outside of the recording studio, the radio station. And then maybe you would include him meeting Stillwater for the first time. But, like, Great my scene. my favorite part is the first, like, 30-minute chunk. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's, and then the yeah. Tiny Dancer scene, and that's... We're going to talk the about highlights. that. Okay. Okay. Um, I also didn't really understand... I loved Frances McDormand. Great performance. Mm-hmm. I think her character wasn't that well-written because I was really confused by her. She was, like, this hippie who wouldn't let her mom or her daughter listen to music, like, but at the same time was, like, super, like, oh, we can't eat bacon. It's processed. Like, wouldn't she be the person who, like, encourages them to listen to music? I also thought about that. It's kind of distracting. It's kind of weird. It's a little weird, but I also know for a fact that this woman was based exactly on Cameron Crowe's mother. Like, really? Exactly. So... Anything that's confusing about this is based on a real person. So, I mean, <laughs> that I says a lot. <laughs> I think that says a lot. And I think I think that it, there's like a little like a lesser known like bubble of to so to speak of like hippie culture where it's not actually like peace and love, do whatever you want, like yeah. it's like just the people who want to leave like a very very small footprint on the world and like But she was it. against that. She wants him to be a lawyer and be like you know, normal, but she's a professor who, like, is like, oh, you can't eat meat. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. That's, I mean, that's true. I forgot she wanted him to be a lawyer so bad. Yeah, she was like, like I want him to be ordinary, but at the same time, she lets him go to this, like, (laughs) Black Sabbath concert by I thought that was really interesting. I mean... I know, and she's so neurotic, like, that, it's just contradictory. It is. Her, some of her choices are, I think, I mean, I think that's part of, like, just trying to show, like, how hard it is to be a mother sometimes, because, like, if, especially if this is, like, this woman is actually based on Cameron Crowe's mom, I mean... I think he probably wanted her to have some complexity. But you're absolutely right about it being so, like, it's a little too conflicting sometimes. Right? That's, and it's, like, really weird to me weird. that it's, like, it, it might also be something about, like, gender roles because Zoe Deschanel is treated very differently than uh, William is mm-hmm. in the movie. Yes. Like, tragically differently. No, is it because she's a girl? It's like, right, I mean, it's definitely a commentary on gender roles. But it's also, I mean... Their age difference is enormous, you know, like, William's, William's 11 and she's 18. I guess it's not that big, but, you know, he's a very young 11 because he still loves his mommy <laughs> so much. Uh, and she's clearly trying really hard to be a very mature 18. Um, and I don't know. I think she, she, the fact that she was the one who, like, openly rebelled the whole time. What is, what is, what is that moment in the car where... <laughs> um, Francis McDormand turns around to William and goes, like, your father would be so proud of you. He always knew you are amazing. And Zoe Deschanel looks at her <laughs> and goes, and what about me? And Francis McDormand says something like, you are 
something and ungrateful of my love. And, like, there's clearly, like, I don't know. But I think like, there's favoritism there. Yeah, obviously. that's not fair. You're you're the one preaching. I think that's the point. I mean, I think that's kind of the point. That's true. That's true. Anyway, that just left me kind of like, huh? huh? Anyway, Jason Lee, I hated it. Wow. Like, I thought it was just so... We talked about this already, so I'm going to keep it short. I just thought it was so distracting. Like, it was, like, over the top, o- overacting. Like, way too much for me. That speech where he's talking about how maybe the only person can, who can explain rock and roll is Pete Townsend. I mean, that's true. Maybe yeah. the only person who can explain rock and roll is Pete Townsend. But, like, I was, like, listening to that. And I was like, you're so annoying. I know. <laughs> and that he's, doesn't make sense. He, when I talk about, like, how this movie tries a little hard to be what it is, he is the first person I think of. Yeah, it's like, too much. It's a I lot. don't know if it's, like, the... I don't know if it's Cameron Crowe. I don't know if it was Jason Lee. I don't know if they were both like, oh, this guy, like, we really, like, you don't need to beat your audience over the head. It never, because I thought that um, Billy Crudup's version, like, or performance as Russell was very nuanced. Like, he Mm -hmm. was clearly kind of just as much of a douche as Jeff Beebe was. Definitely. But, like, I don't know. I love it. It was a lot more subtle. Yeah. It was very and subtle. He he had the slickness that I think that like Jimmy Fallon was trying to go with and yeah. his character. I don't know. I think he kind of nailed it. He was one of my favorite parts of the film. But That's true. It was just interesting to see so the contrast. And I think that contrast was a little bit on purpose. But it also was like way 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 too much on on yeah. um Lee's part. I do I don't know. I do no actually. Well, I like the moment I don't know when it gets left at the bus stop. <laughs> that was really funny. No, and but that's, that was a good. I I think it wasn't. Like those a, are the things you need to show that there's tension in the band, not the 15 minute t-shirt scene. But that's all I have to say about the that. T-shirt scene. Oh, um, the t-shirt also, scene. this is a hot take. You're gonna get really mad at me. Okay. I thought there was way too much music in this <laughs> movie. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, so it's I looked it up. I looked that. the track. I looked music, at the right? track list. Guess how many songs are on the soundtrack? It's like at least thirty to 40. thirty-two yeah. songs. Yeah, that's like every two minutes in this movie. Yeah, that's a that's a little too much for me. It's a little distracting. Okay. Because tiny dancer scene, mm-hmm. we go from this like great tiny dancer. And then immediately it's playing like Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's, like another Elton John song, like right after. I like it's not right confused. after. Yes, it was. No, it was. It was like definitely within the same like five minutes. No, because Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's plays when they're like they just arrived in New York, and Tiny Dancer plays like a couple scenes before that. Really, I don't know. I was just like so, so. like, but. Didn't I just hear the song? Like that's how I felt watching the whole movie, and it was like I understand it's about music and. Obviously, great songs. These are not bad songs. I'm not trying to disrespect anyone, but I was like, maybe cut down these 32 songs to, like, 15. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Guardians of the Galaxy did it really well. Like, they had, like, the 12 yeah, Guardians icon- of the Galaxy isn't about music. That's true. So add, like, four more songs. Not, <laughs> like, 15. <laughs> I respectfully and emphatically disagree. I knew I you would, movie, but I, th- I, I had to bring it up. about music need to have a really big focus on music. In fact, I wrote probably my longest paragraph about how great the music in this movie is. Awkward. No, I love the music. I just think it was just like a little bit like too much music. That's interesting. I just, yeah. I thought it was awesome how there was constantly some like really impactful classic rock song playing in the background of these scenes because that was the environment they lived in. Yeah. Like that is... But it was, like, there's a difference between, like, having these 
like background songs versus like do you know what diegetic and non-diegetic music is no i do not so diegetic music is like when the characters in the movie can hear the songs Mm -hmm. and like non-diegetic is like Okay. When we hear it, but they don't, like, in a transition or something. Mm-hmm. I think there's way too much non-diegetic music in this, where it's, like, yeah, it needs to be in the background for them to hear, but it's not. It's, like, us listening to these classic rock songs through transitions. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. I still disagree. It, it, <laughs> the, 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 Sometimes you got to have debates, you know? It makes sense. Yeah. I just... I don't know. I don't, I don't think there was too much music. And, in fact... <laughs> the actual soundtrack, like if you look, on, it's like, really Spotify, good. Okay, it's so good. Yes, but one moment. It's if just you look, two songs. The actual soundtrack only acknowledges like sixteen songs, but then if you go to like a playlist of all the songs that appear in the movie, that yeah, is thirty two. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think the fact that it's like the soundtrack is smart enough to acknowledge like only the what did you say, dia whatever, yeah, music, sound, I mean, film terms. I mean, I don't know. I just. I think that in movies about music, it's really important to keep a to keep a focus on music because if they didn't, if this movie didn't have as much passion for the music, yeah, it would just be an annoying story about a girl who's way too young having sex with a way older dude and the eleven year old who's in love with her. <laughs> and then there's no focus no, on music, and then yeah. I wouldn't like this movie anymore. No, I agree with you, but like the best example of what I can think of is like in the beginning, in the opening, like Zoe Deschanel's like this song changed my like they play the Alphaman and the Chipmunk song, then it goes to the Simon and Garfunkel song, and then it goes to the what was the next song? I don't remember. It was like uh, yeah, if you want to look it up, you can. But it was like he's listening to the song on the record player. Well, why don't you just have... Sparked by the who? Yeah. Why don't you just have Zoe Deschanel say, this song changed my life, and that's the song he plays on the record player. Like, why do you need the three songs? Because then you don't have the moment of him discovering her record collection. Like, I mean, But you can do that without, like, playing the Simon and Garfunkel song, like, immediately before. I don't know. I disagree. I think that those are both... Actually, that's a really bad example specifically because those are both so important to the plot. (laughs) Like, she picks America because that's her going out and finding her American dream. Yeah. And that's, like, what that entire song is about. And then there's the whole moment of her, like, it shows how much she loved her brother and, like, leaving him that collection and, you know, listen to yeah. Tommy by The Who and, you know, light a candle. What is it? Light a candle and you'll see your whole future. <laughs> oh, it's so yeah. cute. I mean, it's just, like, I don't know. I understand where you're coming from, and I do understand how too much music can be distracting. I will I'm also just that. an asshole. But so. I will say, No, you're not. <laughs> but I will say... That was a bad example. Yeah. <laughs> Those were two very major plot songs. But, like, I'm thinking, I'm really trying to look through all the songs. Well. And, like, fine. Maybe Every Picture Tells a Story by Rod Stewart didn't need to be on the soundtrack. <laughs> but. Okay. Yeah. So, I feel like we beat that to death. <laughs> we did. I'm sorry. I'm, no, you're good. That was my fault. I could talk about, no, I could talk about the music in this movie forever. It's well, also my let's fault. let's move on to... The good things. So, I just need to bring it up front. This was my favorite thing in the movie. I can see how this scene influenced so many other movies. Tiny Dancer. Hold me closer, Tiny Dancer. Like, you know, a lot of people who see this movie don't like that scene. They're like, how on earth is everything that Russell has just done to the band by abandoning them to go to a party in Topeka? Like, fixed by them singing Tiny Dancer together. And I'm like, it is, is... Number one, the focus is not on him. It's not. Or the band. It's definitely all about William. Yeah. And he is realizing, oh like, this is where I need to be because of Tiny Dancer. I need to go home. You are home. You are home. 
god. Kind of cheesy, but also like, oh, come yeah. on. Are you kidding me? Like, Are you kidding such, me? Like, such a good moment. And also, I mean, it's also about the power of music and like yeah. you know what maybe it is a little unrealistic that you know tiny dancer would fix everything but you know what you, you know what later, that's not true if i sang tiny dancer in a group of people i would never be mad at them again and also you see 20 minutes later that they are still mad at each other it was just like a nice moment nobody needed to be getting onto russell at the time he's clearly going through it just like let's all just shut up and sing tiny dancer together like i'm not it's not it's not trying to imply that music is like a, a fix for everything always <laughs> have you ever but seen like, i love you man I have, yeah. Do you know that scene where he's, like, on one of the, like, friend dates, and they, like, it's going really badly, and they just don't know what to talk about? It's, like, him and Tom Lennon, Paul Rudd and Tom Lennon, and Paul Rudd just goes, so how good were the Beatles? (laughs) (laughs) And they're, like, so good. And then it, like, wolves down again. I feel like that's us with Tiny Dancer. We're, like, how good good is Tiny Dancer? So good. Elton John. I love Elton John. I know. Like, that scene, ugh, I just loved it. And then kate hudson like i'm saying like i cannot believe scene, oh God, her okay, downfall that scene where she and william are standing in the field and, and she's she, crying smiling i literally wrote that down riley i wrote that down too i wrote that down too. <laughs> like that's so she good she turns and she wipes a tear away and she's smiling and she goes what kind of beer <laughs> what kind of beer i know Bro. it's just so good it's so good yeah also i didn't understand this maybe you can clarify mm-hmm. so he tells her Right, in that scene, like, William tells her, like, no, this guy is, like, a piece of shit. Like, you need to get away from him. Mm -hmm. But then she goes to New York anyway. Did she just not understand? Like, I just didn't understand, if you can explain it to me. I think that she got the message. Like, she listened. Like, she heard William, and then she came back and said, like, you are wrong. He will choose me over his wife. And so, okay. she showed, so she showed up anyway. So she it was, she was just in the Nile. Yeah, I think so. That okay, was my interpretation It was, like, played, like, she understood that he was mad, like, bad for her. But, so I thought it was going to be, like, this redemptive thing where she was, like, going to move on and not go to New York. Yeah. That's where it was leading to, and then she went. So I was, like, I was just oh, confused. You know what? I have one more thing about the movie that I hate. I'm so sorry to bounce back, but no, it has to good. do with the, the New York portion where she goes and gets super messed up on Quaaludes. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. We've all been there. We've all, um, no, we have I'm not. Kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, well, they don't but, make you know, them anymore, And then William so. shows up, and he t- starts taking care of her, <laughs> but then he has that moment where he, you know, like, kisses her, and she's, like, super passed out. Oh, my God. Wait, I have another thing about the movie that I don't like. Okay, let me... F- can yes. I finish mine? Yeah. I just... It's not even just because that makes me wildly uncomfortable as a woman in America, but it's also, like... The whole point of how great William is throughout this whole movie is that he has not compromised his values at all. Like, he is still just so, like, passionate about what, like, the job he was, like, there to do. I mean, like, you know, he lets, he lets the right, like, the the rockers, like, walk all over him. Yes, because he is, what, 13 or, he's 15. He's 15 15. in this film. Yeah. Um, Do you really think she was 15? No, she wasn't. Yeah, there's no way. She was messing. Okay, that's what I thought, too. I was like, there's no way. I need that to be true, also. Like, I just... Please. She's, I need her to be at least 18. Um, but it's creepy, but it's also, I don't think it was something that William would do. It just felt like such a weird shift in character to yeah. take advantage of her like that. Because he has been so respectful, especially towards the girls on that trip the whole time. Well, let me tell you a scene I hated as well, which is the complete opposite of this. When they just decide to take his virginity. Yeah, that was, I was going to say, that's got to like be the other very, thing. Like, no offense, like, that was, like, very rapey. They were Super like, oh, we're weird. just, so lay down, let's, like, yeah, I get it, he's 15, and he was probably like, oh, sure. But he was like, it was just not. I really did not like that I scene. I hated that scene. I really didn't like it. it. So, and 
Penny Lane's just, like, watching. Because he wants to have sex with her. Yeah. Not these other girls. And they just, like, go for it. It was so uncomfortable. No, it was so fucking weird. I know. No, it's okay. I've been cursing this whole time. It's almost famous. Punk rock. It doesn't matter. We can't. Yeah. Which, you know what? Just, like, a side note. This is a very mild R-rated movie. Can we talk about that? Yeah. I mean, it's just the the language. Mm So, it means we have to cuss. Anyway, okay. Oh, yeah. Some partial nudity. Oh, there is one boob. (laughs) (laughs) There is one Kate Hudson titty. So, Um, my other thing that I really like is, you know, like the, what's the German term for like a coming of age film, like a Bildungsroman or whatever? It's like a, it's like a thing. I promise. Anyway, this is my favorite coming of age film because I think it's really fascinating to watch like a literal kid, like a 15 is a kid, find like his identity with all these horrible, terrible adults. Oh, terrible. And not really... He doesn't become them in no. any way, He learns from their mistakes. He learns from their mistakes. Yeah. And I think that's really cool because this easily could have been a movie about, like, William becoming a garbage person and then realizing, like, yeah. once he gets home to his mom, oh, I need to be a good person again. Yeah. He's pretty steady the whole way. I know. His arc comes from finding the courage to stand up to yes. Russell and, like... You know, yeah. the courage to show up at Rolling Stone as a 15-year-old instead of 35-year-old he's been pretending to be the entire time. And I, know, I don't so know. Good. I really liked that idea that sometimes you don't have to hit rock bottom to grow. Because he kind of doesn't. Yeah. And I also really liked, like, how you never really forget that he's a kid throughout the entire movie. Like, there's that scene no. where he's, ye- like, in the field when he's yelling at Kate Hudson. And it's, it's kind of so like... Immature. It's so No, it's not even immature. It's kind of like... You think you're such, like, a strong... You're just, you like, you yelling know. at this... Fr- like, I wrote down in my notes, that's, like, how I probably looked when I was yelling at my mom when I was 14. Absolutely. And I thought I was, like, making all these jabs at her and, like, my- revolutionizing my mom. Yeah. And really, it was just, like, me being a whiny kid being, like, I'm an adult, you know? And it's, like, really... That's a nice little detail, I think, because you don't forget he's a kid. Never. I know. It's awesome. But he's still more emotionally intelligent than all of the adults Absolutely. around him. And he great and writing. I just love I love that he can watch them hit rock bottom and not have to hit it himself to realize, you know, growth. I know. So good. Okay. Um the whole opening where William is. I a wanna child. talk about Zoe De Chanel for twenty minutes. Go. Let's <laughs> First do it. of all, I think there's a really this is the moment um where I saw Zoe De Chanel as a comedian. And this is this is probably how she got New Girl because there's a scene at the end where they come back home. She takes William to her house, and they're, like, hugging, like, William and the mom. Mm-hmm. And Zoe Deschanel is just, like, standing there, like, with her chin in her, like, neck. Mm-hmm. And it's such, like, a good little, like, that's, I saw Jess from New Girl in that in that, <laughs> in that frame. Yeah. And it was just so good. Yeah, no, she's a much more talented actress than anyone really gives her credit 500 for. 500 Days of Summer, and one of my favorite what? movies. She reminds me of you in this movie, actually. <gasps> Straight up. There's this moment where... <laughs> I'm gonna cry. She, she this moment where she gets caught coming into the house with her Simon and Garfun- Garfunkel record. Ironically, and Simon and Garfunkel, like, one of my favorite bands. <laughs> I know. I know this about you. And so... Good friend. Right? Um, <laughs> Francis McDormand takes the record and goes, like, what? Like, rock and roll is garbage. Whatever. Like, whatever. Blah, yeah. Blah. And so he does now goes, Simon and Garfunkel... Is poetry. <laughs> and like her voice shakes a little bit, and it's just such a good delivery. And that moment, like it was like, I was like, Marla could have said that. Marla could have Thank s- you. said that. Do you know what I also um, found really funny? Not that she said, feck you. 
but that <laughs> Francis McDormand goes, when there did she go is. like this? And then the guy your, your goes. sister said the F word. No, <laughs> my favorite part was that it like, she says it, it cuts to the mom, like, and then it cuts to like little kid William. And he's like, I think she just said fact. I think she said fact. I laughed so and hard. And Francis McDormand goes, what's the difference? All dramatic. And he goes, the letter U. <laughs> it was such a moment of like nice comedy. Also. Yeah. The moment in the car. Where he finds out he's actually 11. I'm going to back away from the mic around for this part. He goes, 11! <laughs> it's just so funny. It's so funny. Marla's laughing Wait, so I hard. Actually I actually really forgot about that. It's so funny. <laughs> I can't. I, I couldn't stop laughing at that part. We had to pause it and watch it again because Jess was laughing so hard when we first watched it that she wanted to see it again. Like, also, it was... I just took a final, so I'm kind of delirious. So. <laughs> I can, I'm so tired. I can feel myself stumbling over my words. And it's uh, it's really okay. We're doing myself. great. I'm really proud of you, Riley. You're doing fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. So anyway, moving on. Oh, wait. Mm. Sorry, go ahead. One last thing. Yes. Russell on the phone with Elaine. Russell you know what's weird about that scene? What? I thought it was so good, but it didn't change anything. I thought that That's, was going to be a thing that where he, like, realizes he's a shitty person. But no. it didn't... It, it was changing for, like, a minute. It. I didn't change it. I don't think it even changed him at all. I know. But I, I think it did make, when he showed up at William's house, that much more impactful. That's a great plot twist. Oh, my God. Fantastic. That. That's actually also something I wrote down. Penny sending Russell to William's house. She gives him an address, and he thinks he's showing up at Penny's house. No, and no, And he no, shows no, no, up, no. and Elaine answers the door, and she's like, oh, my God, we spoke on the phone. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know what's going on right now. I know. Um, and Zoe Deschanel's just like, who's this? <laughs> and my last, my last, no, my last little bit. We're just real Topeka people, man. <laughs> I am a golden god. Uh, special shout out to I am a golden god written I right there. I never said that. Just... Or did I? <laughs> Later so when he denies it, I'm like, you're the worst. Oh my god, yeah. That was like, I feel like he had like 15 arcs. Like he was a good person, then a bad person, then a good person, then a bad person, and then the worst, and then the best. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <gasps> but he, uh, that's why his performance is so good, honestly. Because you're kind of rooting for him the whole time. I know. You're totally rooting he's for him the so whole time. He's so likable, but he's such a, like here's when, uh, William finally, like, kind of gets him one-on-one, and he they're, like, at the pool, and everyone's, like, swimming, and he's looking at him. He's like, listen, I can go solo anytime I want, but mm-hmm. I choose to stay because they need me. Like, I wanted to punch him. How did I still <laughs> like him, though? I still wanted – I was but still, like, he's charming. I think it's partially because he's incredibly handsome, but, you know, I also think that his performance was very impressive, so – Okay. Yeah. Also, one quick quote that I really, really loved, and I was like – I want this tattooed. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman's walking down right after William meets him for the first time mm-hmm. goes, you'll meet them again on, on their, their journey to the middle. middle. Yep. How gr- the Enneagram forward me like related <laughs> to that so much. I was like, yeah, everyone's mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> like what a great quote. Like fantastic. There were a lot of really good quotes. Yeah, Don't take it's drugs. A very, it's a very quotable movie. Oh my God. And then all the teenagers... And like around William turn around there and go, Deal take drugs. <laughs> I know. So good. Yeah. So good. I got, I like also, another thing I really to. loved about this movie that I think I personally identified with a lot mm-hmm. is that like you see these people and they're all like quote unquote cool mm-hmm. and William is the hero because he's not cool. Yeah. I loved that. It's really it's one really day cool, you'll be cool. So to speak. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like it I like the idea that like you don't have to live up 
to this like standard of expectations to make you a certain person Absolutely. and to be successful. Like that's what I love about Philip Seymour Hoffman and Williams parallels. That's exactly what I was. They're say. the same person twenty years apart, and yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman's not cool. When he answers the phone and William goes, I'm really glad you were home. And he's like, of course I'm home. I'm not cool. I know. It's so good. <laughs> but uh. like, but also the two coolest characters in the movie are William and Lester Banks. Like, that's so true. That's so true. It's the irony it's, of it all. It's the irony of it all. Yeah. I also wrote that down that like, it's funny to me that the people in the pursuit of the realness of life are the least. I want to be around real people are mm-hmm. such bullshit people. Literally. Paper thin people have no values. Like, isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Such good writing, man. I wrote that down too. I was just like, well deserved. They won best original screenplay. The Oscar yes, did. it did. Well, I feel like Oscars. that's always a consolation prize in terms of like, not winning. Best your movie is one of the best. Nominated. Yeah, I always see best screen like Tarantino's won best screenplay for Pulp Fiction. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's it always the award. Prize, yeah, isn't it? but at least Pulp Fiction was nominated. I'm just saying. That's true. That's true. Okay, I am almost done. I did want to make one more comment about the music, but. Yes. It's not related to anything that we talked about earlier, so we're not beating that dead horse anymore. It's just a cool fun fact that I find fascinating. Fun so, facts. Yay. at the time mm-hmm. of this movie, yes. Cameron Crowe was married to Nancy Wilson, a member of the band Heart. F- fascinating. She wrote all of the <laughs> songs that Stillwater performs, so they're actually good, and they are on Spotify, and I listen to them all the time. Wait, I really? Just to, I just wanted I'm going to put like, a link in the bio out. to Please do. send me that, yeah. I Because... So good. So good, dude. So good. So fascinating. Well, anyway, um, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. To quote Forrest Gump last episode, shout out. Uh, What did you you rate it? I just want to know what, like, like, you know, (laughs) Forrest Gump got Dr. Peppers. I just want to know what you you chose. I did think of that. I said, how many Russell only (laughs) t-shirts out of how many t-shirts? I gave it out of facts. (laughs) (laughs) Either or. We'll Should we make t-shirts that are Russell only and say, feck you? <laughs> I would actually invest money into that, okay, yes. Okay, 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 cool. Anyway, okay, you were what, saying. What did you give it, though? I gave it an 8 out of 10. Okay, I gave it an 8.5. Yeah. yeah. 8.5 out of 10 fecks. <laughs> <laughs> Not a perfect movie, but I really loved it. Jessica, do you have any last minute mm, reviews, questions, comments? I really enjoyed this movie. I loved watching Kate Hudson the whole time. Bye. <laughs> uh, and then we went, she, ugh, that was a gross sound. Sorry. Then she went on to make the best movie ever, Bride Wars. <laughs> <laughs> the worst bangs of all time. Oh, that was so bad. Her hair is blue in that. My hair is blue. <laughs> in case you missed it. In, in case, case you missed, missed it, it, her hair is blue. So Okay, well, Riley, do you have any last minute... Little thoughts, little little nuggets of wisdom. I don't think so. I um. Oh my gosh, I'm so annoying. I actually just looked at one of my notes. <laughs> Things I didn't like about the movie. <laughs> Random fact that I know from just studying for Jeopardy. Um, they're using sticky notes all over the place in this movie, and sticky notes were not invented until 1977. <laughs> this movie is set in 1973. <laughs> I'm the worst. Um, no, but no, that I, the best. it has been an honor to be here. I'll stop. Um, You're welcome anytime. Okay, good. Please invite me back. I really like this. And um, it's almost like therapeutic in a way. It totally is. You know what I mean? Actually, disagreeing with you is actually very stressful. I'm Enneagram <laughs> 9, and I hate being oh, in disagreements ever. Oh, my God. Ever. I'm sorry. I should no, always ask okay. people their Enneagram so I can like, <laughs> best converse with them. It's okay. I figured it was coming. Like, I'm so sorry. Conflict is unavoidable, <laughs> and I need to learn that. But Well, anyway. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's, it's just it's uh, been great. 
Thank you for having me. Yay! Well, Yay. that wraps up Almost Famous. Everyone go watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Ooh. And it's have a great day. Good luck with finals. It's all happening. It's all. It's all. Don't take drugs. Bye.